about more you talk now our guest on you talk today is an actor he's a contortionist we'll explain that later an author a mime artist he's best known for portraying non-human creatures if that makes sense um, he has so many credits for television and film we don't have time to list them all but here's just a few okay batman returns hellboy silver surfer fantastic four the Shape of Water, phenomenal film. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It won an Academy Award. He'll also be on the new Hocus Pocus. He was on the first one. The new one's coming out next month. He's also been on CSI. You've seen him there on Criminal Minds. And he plays Captain Saru on Star Trek Discovery. You are gonna love him. He is like the greatest guy. Welcome to You Talk. Hello, hello, how's it going? Good, how about you? Oh, everything's happy and good here, thanks. Good. It's been a minute or two. I know you've been busy, uh, but I'm, I am so stoked that we finally got you on the show. Well, no, me too. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a while since I've seen you. We, we, I, I, do, I did your talk, I did the New Year's Eve special with you about, what, 116 years ago? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's jump to that because I'm going to talk about it anyway. On that show, you exhibited one of your very unusual talents. Uh, um, and I didn't realize you had that, but that of a contortionist. So, we, you know, when we did that show together, that was so fun. But it's like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> First of all, explain to people in the audience what a contortionist is, because some of them are going, I can't even spell it, let alone say it. Right, and, right. <laughs> Yeah, that would be like a very flexible person who can, you know, take things. Of course, my shoulder, I tore my rotator cuffs, both of them, at some point in my life, so my shoulders don't do the same. But I could put my leg behind my head. And I'm wearing shorts tonight, so I don't want to show you my bare leg. But <laughs> but on your on your previous talk show, I think I surprised you by flipping a leg over my head in the middle of our interview. Yes, yes. I mean, that was, yeah. that was different, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the craziest, most unusual situation you used your contortionist skills in? Oh, gosh, I did a, a ton of TV commercials. I've done over 100 commercials, and a lot of those were, were cast because, oh, he's a flexible guy who does weird stuff. So a fun one was I was smashed into a small plexiglass box for Lee jeans, uh, and it was their comfort, some kind of a stretchy comfort fabric. And they were exhibiting that by putting it on a guy who could get bend up and end up, you know, all smashed into a box and still be comfortable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is like, I probably shouldn't ask. I'm going to ask it anyway, though. Have you ever been tempted like in public to just do something like that and see what people say or do? No. You know, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, same thing with wearing prosthetic makeups. I've never been one to want to go through the drive through window and be like, Hey, you know, I, um, <laughs> You know, I get, I feel like I get quite enough attention as it is. I don't want to go create something else. I know, that's my mind goes that way sometimes. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. okay, let's go back to another talent that you have that, that uh -oh. kind of I listed there. Um, <laughs> I'll be kind. Okay. <laughs> uh, and polite. You are a mime artist. And in, in my mind's eye, a mime is like a visual storyteller. When did you start doing this? How did it come about? How did you use it? Right. Uh, when I was in college at Ball State University, uh, I joined a, a mime troupe on campus called Mime Over Matter. 
That's a pun. Oh, if I had my drums, I'd give you a rim shot. But I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but being a part of that mime troupe and the, the the art of mime and communicating without verbal dialogue really was great early training for me to that I didn't realize I was getting for the career that I didn't know I was going to have <laughs> being an actor <laughs> on, yeah, who plays lots of monsters and creatures under heavy rubber makeups uh, over the years. So, uh, but so that's come in handy. And I think just as as an actor in general too, we all communicate even even playing humans. Uh, uh, we all we all communicate with our with with all of it. Our voice, our facial expressions, our gestures, our posture—it all communicates something. So the mind training really did help all of that as well. That's interesting. You know, I didn't put all of that together. Now you were also the were you the mascot for your college? I was um, I was yeah I was <laughs> I was in a big fuzzy uh, red bird suit. I was Charlie Cardinal at Ball State. Yeah. Huh. That was my first costume character ever, and Ball State still takes credit for my career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would imagine. I mean, you just you you just said this that you find yourself using some of those those skills that you started to build back in college when you didn't know what you were building for. Um, it mimes have always fascinated me because it really, if you pay attention, there is a story that they're telling you. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole. That's the hope. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you don't realize how um, how much communication can happen without words spoken. Uh, and uh, that was put to the test in the movie The Shape of Water, uh, when oh. Sally Haw Sally Hawkins, who played this mute woman, falls in love with a fish man from the wild. Of course, he doesn't speak either. So the two of them had to develop. We had to develop a visual communication with each other. And you know what comes into play too is touch. You know. Uh, mm. uh, uh, it's so many. Your your words can deceive. Your words can lie. But but your hands and and your touch. Oh, just, it, it's full of honesty. And you can tell when someone's hesitant to touch. You know, with their touch, or they're angry with their touch, or they're loving with their touch. You can really tell. And so uh, our characters communicated through that uh, so beautifully. Oh, it was a brilliant film. And and guys, if you have not seen that film, you need to see the film. The first time I saw it was in the theater. And you're right. I mean, you put all that together, the touch. And I like what you just said. Um, you can lie with your words, but not with your touch. Yeah. That's powerful, especially in the world in which we live. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, you know what's horrible? If the pandemic taught me anything, it's how important touch is. Mm -hmm. uh, because we were forbidden to touch each other, for saying, you know, leave the house or inter interact, mingle yeah. with people. And as human beings, we're we're meant to to know each other, love each other, be around each other, hug each other. That's a part of yeah. the human experience, I think. And so, when that was uh, you know taken away from us, it it hurt. It hurt. No, it did big time because uh, and and for me being Italian, I mean, we're touch people, you know. Of course, you know, give you me come that face. Come, come, <laughs> come here, come here, come here. Come here. You know, give me a. You know. yeah. So I'm giving yeah. you a big Italian virtual hug right now, of my course. brother. But oh, no, it, you know that is so important, and I think it's hurt us because I think people are having trouble adjusting. Okay, is it okay to to touch or hug or? You know, and I, I know the fist thing, you know, but anyway, that that's fascinating. You know, what a gift that is. And again, it's interesting to think back. You had no idea, you know, that, that this would become, you know, this was foundational for you, for what you were going to do and yeah. and who you are. And I mean, that's completely awesome. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. I guess that's kind of the beginning, but maybe the beginning of acting. 
you know, I mean, how did that happen? Okay, you're a mime uh, at the university, and now you're acting. How did that happen? Yeah, well, it's 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 a, it's a that's a quite a long longer than we have, but in detail. <laughs> but basically, uh, going to school in Indiana and getting my first job out of college in Indiana, I was a mime at Kings Island in Cincinnati. Uh, okay. And then, and then shortly after that, uh, a newspaper salesman, and then ended up out, out in California as a, as a bank management trainee. But basically, that bank job that was not my life's passion, but it was it was an excuse to move to Southern California, where the showbiz lived. Okay. And now, now it lives all over the country because you know uh, it, it, it's spreading out. It's a different world now. Uh, yeah, the, totally. The industry has changed. It's more back then. You had you had to be in New York or L.A., and uh, so I chose here to in Los Angeles and. Shortly after the bank fired me, which they should have, I didn't blame them for it. Uh, <laughs> I started taking a, a TV commercial acting class, and it was taught by an agent, and he took me on, and uh, that was my first commercial agent. And they were a good one. They were Wilhelmina uh, agency in the top ten in the in the city for TV commercials. And oh, nice! Um, so, so I started uh, audition, auditioning, and with with my resume having contortionist and mime at the bottom of it as special skills. Casting directors all brought me in for, you know, any kind of physical tomfoolery or you know, pratfalls, sure. funny, sure. clowning, anything. Uh, so a lot of those roles came with a look that it had to be glued on to you. So that's how I got familiarized with the uh, with the creature effects world and those who make creatures and apply them. And, mm. and I got hooked into that world. One of my early commercial uh, jobs that really helped, that helped me buy my first house that was the uh, Mac Tonight campaign for McDonald's, which was a moonhead sang yeah. at a piano. Hey, and he's he's gotten kind of cool and hip again uh, on the YouTube, uh, and he's been cut into that character's been cut into music videos for other people, and so so he's he's he has a he's had a secondary life after the after the eighties and nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that I'm watching that commercial and, and, and years later I'd be talking to that individual? But you know, Here that's so clever. <laughs> and so obviously, then for you to want to move to California to get close to this world, you had a desire at that point in time then to, to try acting. Yeah, well, I, well. But try, you're trying acting. <laughs> That's the, there's the there's the key. I, I you know I I had to I had to learn something early on, and that is that I'm not trying to be an actor. I am an actor. I had to, I had to own it and be proud of it because ah, okay. you know it's funny. It's funny. One of the one of the in, in Los Angeles especially when you tell you know, people say, "Oh, what do you do?" Well, I'm an actor, and the first joke they want to throw out is, "Well, what restaurant do you work at?" Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. <laughs> so. So you really do have to own. No, you know what? I'm committed to this, and uh, and so it took me about six months before I booked my first commercial, which is not not that long. I, yeah, and I I was very fortunate to have a great agent and going out on auditions and, and getting booked on a Southwest Airlines commercial as a dancing mummy. It's uh, my first gig, <laughs> and then the Max Knight campaign came two commercials after that, all within the uh, the first few months. So I I really I I was very blessed early on, and I uh, I'll never poo poo that. That is so cool, you know, I mean, and I, I like what you just said about owning it. I am not trying to be, I am. <laughs> and really, you know, that applies to anything. I mean, I'm a drummer. Um, I'm not trying to be a drummer. I am, Right. you know, and you got to own it because if you don't own it, whether it's acting, drumming, uh, painting, whatever it happens to be, you don't own it, not going to happen. 
Right, right, right. You know, exactly. It, it just isn't going to happen. That's fascinating, though. And, and I'm glad the bank fired you, too. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I, I, I might have gotten teary eyed for about a half hour. And then I was like, you know what? They just did me a big favor. And they really did. Yeah. So, but by the way, I'm taking a minute. I've been seeing a lot of people asking about conventions coming up. That yes. is something that I do, talking about hugs and, 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 and seeing people face to face. I do have more conventions planned. I've got about four coming up in the next couple of months uh, Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Star Trek Las Vegas, which is now called 56-Year Mission in Las Vegas, and those are both in August. September will be Horror Hound in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then Whoa. Granite State Comic Con in New Hampshire, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. So uh, some people were asking about Dragon Con, and I'm not booked for that one this year. So anywho, but there will be Huggles and Face Cups and Head Pets, uh, Monkey Pox be, be danged. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Now, I think I saw something on social today about a Captain Saru doll that's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, yes. Uh, we know there have been This is another fun thing about my silly career. Uh, playing so many, you know, fantastical looking creatures. Yeah. Many action figures and dolls and toys have been made of my characters over the years. Many of them. And it's been, I, you know, I, when that first happens, you're like, oh, this is what I was hoping for as a kid. I wanted to be a toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so there, there's a uh, Captain Saru from Star Trek Discovery has been a character that has been, I've been um, a Hallmark Christmas ornament now. I have been a Funko Pop. I've been many Funko Pops, but now Saru is one. But this new one in a, a, or is something six. So I forget the name of the company now. Uh, XO6, I think it's called. Um, okay, and yeah. it's, it's it's not a cheap it's not a cheap one. It's like museum quality reproduction of me on a on a one sixth or one third scale wow. model, and uh, and it's it's a, it's a couple hundred dollars, but but it's uh, <laughs> we're gonna they're available for pre order, and I can sign them live for you in Las Vegas uh, if you're attending that that uh, Star Trek convention. Oh, how fun! And, and that, now that, so that, all that information is at is at the uh, the appearance managing company who handles me, uh, Cool Waters. Yeah, uh, so cool they're they're here waters. on the on Instagram. If you if you search "cool waters" all one word, uh, right. you will find them, and in the, their link in their bio, they'll, they'll, all that information will be there. Oh, awesome! Yeah, guys, make sure you go there. Cool waters, and we'll try to remember to put that in the the notes uh, for this show as well. Okay, now it, this begs the question: with all these little figures and, and figurines and Christmas ornaments, and and I'm going to have to go find that Christmas ornament because I mean I, I, I collect Christmas ornaments, you know, uh, and so you know, I gotta. It have doesn't look. It doesn't look Christmassy at all. It's a. It's a, It's Captain Burnham and me standing side. Looking. At, it's. It's a reproduction of a scene from season one of our show. Okay. And it doesn't look. We're both in our Starfleet uniforms. It doesn't look. There's no. There's not a wreath or a tree or lights in sight. It's just. <laughs> doesn't look. But yeah. But Hallmark. Hallmark has a line of, a, a lot of of uh, thematic. Um, you know, they do. Like that. Well, I, I, I've got to get one. So I have Dougie on my tree, you know, there you go. There I, you I'll go. just know that's you, but okay. Ha, do you have one of each of these? Oh yeah, no, I do. I, I collect, a, I have one of everything. Uh, and one day before I die, I'll sign them all and someone can have at it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have them displayed in, in at, at home on like shelves? I, sh stuff I should. You and, should. And, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I have great ideas of display cases and lights and things, but yeah. there's no room. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and Mrs. Lloyd doesn't like to decorate in science fiction or horror themed uh, <laughs> things. So, it's like, gee, I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you could. I don't know. Have like a an extra room put on the house, and it's just like 
the Dougie room and you walk in and there's this aura. Uh, mm. Every place you look, it's Dougie. Mm. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no. I, I can help you on it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I uh, during a, some off time as, as a drummer, I did some construction work. So you know, I know how to, to hammer a, a nail okay. in. You know. Okay. So you, you can build my museum room here at the house. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Hey, I even know how to shoot myself in the hand with a with a nail gun. I mean, I'm that good. Okay. That's so like, well, okay. You got you, talents. You know where I don't to have. go. Yeah. <laughs> You have been called the most popular actor you've never actually seen. <laughs> what? Well, now, I, I have been, yes. You have? Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, what's up with that? You kind of alluded to it, but I want to come back to it. Yeah, well, I, I've often been introduced as he's the most famous actor you've never seen. Uh, so, so, which means I'm often covered in some kind of rubber bits and playing a monster creature. They go, ah. Uh, or something, and it happens to be in large productions, whether I've been in two Oscar-winning films, I've been in, you know, big box office releases, I've been in television series for major networks, but uh, often not looking like this. So, so it's kind of a, I, I, I get kind of the best of both worlds. I get to be a part of these huge productions, but I can still go to a coffee shop and not get mobbed. And that's kind of a nice, yeah. that's kind of a gift, yeah. Yeah, no, that really is because, I mean, you, I know you would be gracious with that, but it is nice because I know that that's got to get old for people who are not putting the masks on and all that kind of stuff, you know, but are in shows, you know, because you get mobbed, you know, can you sign this? Can, you know, do a selfie, mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff. So that that is kind of a benefit yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting recognized more now in public just because I've done a lot of press interviews with this face, and then they kind of marry this face to all of the characters I played over the years. So <laughs> there's there's the occasion a lot of you know I get stopped in an airport or a mall or a restaurant. Nice, fa fairly often now, but but it's again I don't cause a mob scene. They don't they don't get three deep with like oh can I get your hat? <laughs> I don't have that Brad Pitt problem. No, that's a nice problem not to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I uh, let me see if I can get this right. You were honored with a special award from the Makeup Artists and Hair Stylist Guild, and they gave you the inaugural Chair Award. Correct, which was a huge honor. The Makeup Artists and Hair Stylist Guild, uh, the their union, they have their annual award show where they celebrate their their own. Uh, people with the you mm -hmm. know they give out awards for best hair, best makeup in all television and film. And this year, uh, they were so sweet to create a new award for an actor who has been in their chairs a lot. <laughs> I have been, I have been in those chairs a lot. Yeah. So they called this this award the Chair Award, and uh, so I, I'm the first recipient of it, and I was so incredibly honored uh, that that you know, and they, you know when they when they gave this award to me, they ran a whole montage video of, of my mm -hmm. entire career it was like kind of like attending your own funeral it was, oh. it was sweet you know and we yeah, 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 no. people are going to be saying nice things about us we should be there for it i think <laughs> yeah we really should you know I, yeah. i've heard it said a number of times what the eulogies at funerals really should be given like at birthdays you know <laughs> so you, you think i mean really so I you agree. can hear what you know what these people are saying and thinking yeah. and and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah what is the law i mean what a what a special award and especially to get the inaugural one what what is the longest time you've had to be in a chair to get makeup 
uh, and right. prosthesis and masks and all of that stuff yeah. put on. Well, yeah, the longest makeup you'll ever do is for a test makeup. That's when, on a day that they're not actually filming. So they can putz and futz and create this, okay. this look for the first time. So that, that, those have taken maybe up to 11 hours before. 11 that's a long day. Hours. That's a long day. Right, but, but that's all you're doing that day. Then you get into production, and the longest, the longest ongoing day-by-day -day makeup for a filming day I've had was on the first Hellboy movie. I think it was uh, Abe Sapien, my fish guy character, uh, clocked yeah. in at about seven hours a day to, wow. just to get ready. So you put in a full work day before you then go to set and start oh. working. So it's, you know, it's a bit tedious, but the makeup artists do all the work during that time. I just sit still. Uh, which is kind of like what I said at the, at the Makeup and Hairstylist Awards when I, I, I said, I feel kind of guilty holding this statue because I sat in a chair. That's why you called it the chair award and you guys did all the work. So <laughs> I go, what am I getting an award for? You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, but you know, you just said something and, and it really, and it clicked in. It's like, okay, you're sitting there for seven hours, makeup, you know, everything else has got to go. And then you start working. Yeah, and you could you could be on set for another seven hours or, or more. more, more like twelve. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's I, I crazy. Would, yeah, eighteen hour days are, are part of my deal. Yeah, comes as power. Gosh, that's yeah. nuts. That is absolutely crazy. And they're not shooting all of your scenes. Like, okay, let's get the seven hours done. Get him in there. Get okay. Now we're done. I mean, you're taught. You said days in a row. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now, a part of the union that I belong to, the Screen Actors Guild, um, a part of their rules are that you have to have 12 hours off. You know, so if they wrap me at, out at the end of the day at 11 p.m., they can't bring me until 11 a.m. the next day. That's usually the okay. rule. But they often go shorter than that, because, and they have to pay a hefty fee to the union for that, for, or to me for that. Uh, it's a little penalty fee, but, but uh, so many productions you know, do that because they're mm -hmm. on a tight schedule and they got to get it shot out. So... Sleep deprivation is a part of my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta when you come home, you gotta just collapse. I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. And yeah. but but these the these gigs, uh, you know, if they, even if they last a few months, you still have a, an end in sight. There's an end to every tunnel. You know. <laughs> now, I'm assuming then that you are conscious of keeping yourself healthy in shape and eating healthy I mean, it seems you'd have to to be able to do what you do yeah well you know you, you do want to stay as physically fit as possible I mean, anybody we i think we all should stay as physically fit as possible sure. uh, for, for longevity and for enjoying the life that we have while we're in it but yeah now that i am 62 years old and oh i'm happy God. and happy and proud to announce that uh, i um I, I really do have to I have a, a, a wellness coach who tells me to use it or lose it, you know, keep it moving or, it's, or you're not going to be able to move it. <laughs> so Whoa, that means good. All, all the limbs have to stay in motion, uh, do your stretches, do your exercises. So I have my little skinny boy workout that I do a couple <laughs> times a week. And yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I love it. Skinny boy workout. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to head back to the skinny boy thing. I, uh, my doctor, I went in for my physical, my doctor said, you know, I want you to go see a cardiologist, just, you know, it, it's good, you know, keep things going and stuff. So I go and they're going to, they got me all hooked up for the, you know, the treadmill and all the little things on your chest and stuff. And this yeah, little yeah. tiny doctor, Dr. Tumati comes in and he slaps me on the side of my gut and goes, Steven. I said, yes, doc. He goes, the blubber's got to go. 
And I thought, you know, there's a day in my life, I'm way bigger than you. And there's a day in my life that I probably would have, you know, kind of rearranged you a bit. But okay, you're yeah. right. The blubber's got to go. So If it's uh, coming from a doctor, we, we might want to listen. That's all. Yeah, no, no, for sure. You know, I mean, it's, and it's, it's interesting that you have a wellness coach and you've got exercise routines and, and, and um, I'm sure you're cautious of your diets and, and all. And that's got to be hard, too, um, you know, being on set and traveling. And right. that's not an easy thing to maintain. Yeah, well, that's why uh, wellness coach Steve Atlas, he's on Instagram if you want to look him up, anybody. Uh, Steve Atlas. And he, uh, he, he, he uh, we met online so that he could, he could work with me online as I travel about the world. So I don't, I don't have to have, be in person all the time with this trainer. So, uh, he's, he's great. He set me, he set me, gave me a routine, set me on my way. And I, I had a rotator cuff uh, that I tore in, a, in yeah. an action scene about five years ago and he helped me rehabilitate that. Uh, so wow. it's been, he's been, he's been, he's been like, yeah, a godsend. Well, I'll have to connect with him because it, it really, you know, uh, we only have one life and we need to enjoy it. And when you're healthy, I see people sometimes are those electronic wheelchair things or missing a limb or whatever, and just simply say, God, thanks. You know, I, I don't have that issue. Um, so I need to take care of this body and, and um, you know, get it in shape and, and keep it in shape, you know, so we can, we can keep going and do what we enjoy doing. Of all these characters that you have played in a variety of, masks and prosthesis is there a favorite one or two i get asked the favorite thing all the time and it's really hard to answer because uh, it's like uh, you know picking your favorite child because i have yeah i've had to connect with all these characters over the 36 years i've been acting um you know in some i have to fall in love with them in some way shape or form mm. uh, so that i can play them correctly even the bad guys i have to find their heart and soul and, and like connect with them and and understand them and, and hmm. sympathize with their with them, even mm -hmm. if they're doing evil things, because then I then I understand how to play them. So so that get that gives me a you know a real sense of ownership with all of them. So, so I can't really say here's my favorite because that would kind of negate the rest of my career. Yeah yeah no no uh, no it's it's and I I kind of suspected you would say that and uh, you just confirmed something for me. Uh, I'm a Dougie fan, you know we're friends, but I'm a you. Dougie fan. And when I watch you in a film, TV show, whatever, you are that person. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Thank you. you, I, you I, I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, you really are because you're not acting. You, you are so good at your craft that you've become that person and, and you've made that person believable. I mean, because... You, I, I see some things you probably have too, and you're kind of going, uh, okay, well, you know, good effort, but you become, and, and you just confirmed that. I mean, falling in love with that character, if it's an evil character, if it's a good character and, and putting yourself in there, because that what's, that's what makes you such a brilliant actor is, is you're, you're believable and you own it and you give us a chance as an audience to own your character and to enjoy that character, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. But I, I love the way you put that. Is that something that other actors strive towards as well? I, I would think. Uh, you know, the thing about actors is we're all very different from each other. Everyone has their own process, their own thing that motivates them, their own, their own space that they can play in and, and, and mm -hmm. work from. 
so I, I can't speak for anybody else, honestly. Uh, you know, but also when it comes to the, the favorite character question, yeah, oftentimes uh, I might be asked that by somebody who does have a favorite. So because I've been in so many different fantastical things, I've been in, in the horror genre, the fantasy genre, the comic book genre, the um, science fiction genres, mm-hmm. uh, those have such emotional appeal to people. And uh, uh, people that have a very smart brain that's inquisitive, that's curious, they're drawn to science fiction. Those who might have um, traumas and issues in their life that they want to work out are kind of drawn mm. to horror, I find. And, and, I, and it's a, they're, they're, all, they're all such beautiful people that, that come to me that have reacted to something I've been in. Yeah. I really appreciate hearing what something I've been in has had, an, how it's had an effect on you in your life. Ooh. I hear about that. Yeah, that's what, one of the things I love about the convention appearances that I do is I hear so many of these personal stories of, you know, something that I was in that hit them at the right time in their life and, and or hmm. it marks a moment in time uh, in their in their personal life, their family life, their professional life, whatever. So uh, so a lot of those characters that come up with those stories, a lot of the fans that come up with stories involve the silver surfer or Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus or the fawn or the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth or sure. the, the amphibian man from the shape of water, Captain Saru from Star Trek Discovery or Cochise from Falling Skies. Uh, all, all these characters um, have been very different from each other, but have meant something, but and also have meant something very different to whoever's watching. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the beauty of art is that, you know, uh, uh, we can all draw something different from that piece of art, whatever we need that day. That's amazing. You know, and, and what an awesome experience for you to be at these conventions and hear these stories, hmm. you know, in, yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a gift for me. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, that, that really is, it makes it, it makes it worthwhile. You know, it's, yes. um, oh, no, that, that's, and, you know, it's, it's interesting the way that goes, because um, I know for me, when I, when I see you in something, you know, I'll go, oh, he nailed it in that, you know, and he, he is that, you know, character. I'll see you something else and I'll say the same thing. And it's like, you know, I, I think that's the, the, the brilliance of, of you as an actor. Um, and then to get that feedback, I mean, it, it puts things in perspective and, and um, you know, I love hearing things like that myself. Oh, you know, Steve, you were on this show or, when you wrote this mm-hmm. book or you, you know, whatever it happens to be. And, you know, that was, that was really helpful. Uh, and I'll like you, I, I don't do conventions as much. I mean, I do public events and things like that. But um, when I get that email, when I get that, somebody comes up to me and I'll say, you know, that it was worth everything to hear you say that, mm. you know, to be part of this. Okay. Here's the question. I'm sure you get asked a lot. Uh, about acting. Now, I, I've had the opportunity to be an extra in several films, and mm-hmm. it's been fun. It's been a blast. I mean, of course, you you don't realize what's involved in it. You know, call time at 6 p.m. and you leave at 6 a.m. or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I have been very blessed and had great opportunities. I want to do more, but I there's two things I want to have. I want to have a speaking part, and I want to have a, a film or a TV show where I can play my drums. I, it's just, you know, something that I... <laughs> I'm striving towards, you know, and I got, I'm going to have to, you know, get, go to one of the places and, you know, get the headshots done and all that, you know, and, and list. I don't have all the special, you know, I, I can't do contortion and I can't do mine, but, but I can do drums and hand percussion, you know, I mean, that's gotta be worth something. And I can well, throw in some Italian <laughs> cooking in that, but okay. There's people in our audience right now that are saying, I 
I was born to be an actor. I want to be an actor. I've got to be an actor. By the way, I don't call myself an actor because I've only done extra stuff. That does, to me, it's like, eh, you know, it, it's it's been fun. But uh, well, de depend, depending on on what's been what's been asked of you, you very much have put some acting into that. Yes. Well, I guess that's true. You know, it, it's <clears throat> anyways that that's for another <laughs> conversation. But what what would you tell somebody that's that's in our audience right now, and they're saying it's gnawing at me? You know, not that they could do what you do, because like you said, everybody's unique. Every actor is unique. Any advice for that person who's who's in that position? You know. Wow, uh, the advice question is also very hard to give uh, because or answer uh, because. Uh, again, everyone's journey to into the arts is going to be different. Like how you start, how you finish, how you how your journey along the way. Right. Uh, uh, if you ask any actor out there, how did you get where you are? They're going to give you a completely different story from the last person you talked to. Okay. So so advice is very hard to give because I would give advice based on my own personal story. Yeah. And uh, and and maybe that wouldn't be the right fit for your path, whatever that is. So. I think the the smartest thing is though um, to realize that it uh, we call it show business, but it's actually an art form. Uh, okay. So don't let's not forget the art, and and let's not focus so much on the business. If it's show business, like I'm responsible for the show, and there's other people that handle the business part of it. Ah. You know, I, I have to have a good brain for that, but I want them. Uh, you know, but sure. But like getting in the door, getting what's what's the phone number I need to call to get famous? That's mm, work on the art first is what mm. I would say. Uh, be a, if you want to be an actor, be the very best actor you can be before you try to sell it. You must have a product before you sell it. And, um, mm. and that, that, would, that would include any of the arts. If you're a, a painter, a sculptor, a musician, a dancer, a singer, a, you know, a photographer, uh, before you try to sell your art, be really good at it first. And if, that, if then everyone's, everyone's route to get good is also different. Some people are just life experience livers and can regurgitate sure. uh, from their real life. Others are class takers and they really learn a lot from a great instructor or a coach. Um, whatever works for you, do that thing and get really good at what you do before, uh, before you put yourself out there. And the other thing as an actor uh, is know your type and don't mismarket yourself. I mm. knew going in that I had to be funny or scary because uh, I'm a tall, skinny, goofy looking fella. I was not going to be a romantic leading man, you know. Uh, so, so I, I, I knew that, yeah. And, and and so I had to to then market and and push my, uh, you know, you know that's a discussion you have with your agent or manager that this is where I sure. need to go, and they would agree with you, um, or whatever. So it's just being honest with your look and your type is is also key. You know that those are such good principles, and I'm glad you you stepped away from the advice. That's kind of a you know. Yeah a default to go to, but I mean, I can relate to it as a drummer. You know, mm -hmm. I have people come to me all the time. Oh, you know, I want to do what you're, you know, or come to take lessons or, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and they don't understand the art. You know, I was at a, at a big uh, festival and, and a drum company asked me to come and give drum lessons, you know, yeah. to, to people that were coming there. And my goal was to give them you know, within 10 minutes, I had him playing the drums. Well, I'll never forget one guy came up and I said, hey, I said, show me your rudiments. He goes, oh, dude, dude, I'm not into rudiments. And I'm thinking to myself, then you ain't into playing drums because that's the art. That's the foundation. That's I don't know how to spell one. rudiments, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> 
but you know, I can say what you've said is so practical and be the best you can and develop this art and that whole thing of the product, having the best product and, and working and, and you never stop working at it. You're always, that's correct. you know, I mean, I can say that being a drummer, but the same thing applies when you're talking about it being art. Right. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. And, and I hope those of you there in the audience are, are picking up the spirit, Dougie's spirit. It's Speaking of the audience, Jonathan Sheck is in here, uh, actor from, from many movies and TV shows over the years. Jonathan Sheck was uh, uh, in That Thing You Do, and he played oh, yeah? Houdini cool. in a Houdini TV hey, movie many years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we did a movie together called Quarantine. Oh, uh, in which uh, he he played a a, a, a hot fireman, <laughs> and I and I played the 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 creepy uh, infected thin skinny fellow that uh, that was had rabies. Oh. So uh, yeah, we, so again, we know our types. It. We know our type. No our types. No, you know, it's uh, a man's got to know his limitations. I think that was a Clint Eastwood line from one of his films, but you yeah, know, here, it's here. really. It, it's true you know it's yeah. it's i'll have to check out quarantine i haven't seen that that's so cool that uh, that you guys got to do that film together hey yeah. um how do we what's the best way for people to stay up on what you're doing and and uh you know a convention you might be at or something new that's coming out um right well i, I tend to to put up you know hey come see me at this or that convention uh about a week before each one uh, okay I, I, I don't announce them too much earlier than that myself because uh, because you know an actor's schedule changes so quickly and rapidly. Sure, uh, sure. But, but a week before, and it's pretty safe. I'm going to be there if I say I'm going to be there. It's really safe. Uh, so so uh, right here on on my Instagram at actor Doug Jones. Okay. Uh, I'm at actor Doug Jones across all social media. So that includes Twitter and Snapchat and Tumblr and LinkedIn, <laughs> Facebook personal, Facebook professional. Uh, and uh, and uh, did I mention Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. Yes. I'm not. I'm not on the TikTok yet. I don't understand the TikTok, but I'll, you know, maybe one day. Yeah, you got to be on there. I mean, it's. I'm not either, but but we'll figure it out together. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or coach each other, give each other advice or something. Okay. Um, anything else new coming up that you can talk about besides conventions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm c currently in the middle of filming season. F uh, five of star trek discovery so oh, nice. be, there's no no release date on that uh, when that would start uh, airing mm -hmm. but uh, awesome. season four you know already aired and uh so that'll be coming up we're still awesome. the show is still alive and well uh season four of what we do in the shadows is currently airing week by week on um fx channel and then hulu the next day oh okay. uh, and there is i played better than on what we do in the shadows and um so it's a recurring vampire from the old world. And okay. uh, so I have another episode coming up very soon on the mm. new current season of, of, of what we do in the shadows. And uh, other than that, I also Hocus Pocus 2 yes. will be uh, on Disney Plus September 30th nice. uh, for all to see. And I do reprise my role of Billy Butcherson in that. And also I, uh, a movie that I've had done now for a while and is it's finished, I'm told. Uh, it was in post-production for a couple of years, uh, Nosferatu. We did a remake of Nosferatu, uh, the old silent film, which is now 100 years old. And we did wow. a, a, a talky uh, version of it with sound and dialogue. 
that time. And I got to play the title character of Nosferatu, Count Orlok. Ooh, uh, ooh, and uh, cool. so that should be coming at some point. I don't know. But they told me it's done and that we should be seeing it within within the next year at least, I hope. Because you awesome. know, it, would, it would have been nice to have it out for the 100th anniversary. But Yeah. Now, another question with all of this. Have you uh, decided when you're going to try to clone yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 <laughs> there are there are lots of of uh, uh, young, tall, thin actors coming up uh, that I am happy to see uh, uh, getting some of the jobs that I may not want to do so much anymore. The older I get, the more I want to phase out the rubber and glue and play more humans. Uh, and I am very excited to to mention that I um, uh, there is a platform called Pureflix, which is the family friendly, faith based uh, arm of Sony Pictures. Yeah. And there's an, a new anthology show, uh, uh, and, um, and of course the titles eluded me. I just got this gig, <laughs> so I'm going to be I'm going to be filming uh, an episode for that next week, and I'm very excited about that. I'm going to play a human, and uh, <laughs> so, so that that's uh, yes. hopefully voting for for more things to come like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, it, uh, it's just awesome to see the different things you're able to be part of, and. Uh, the energy level and the way you are touching people's lives and encouraging them uh, just in so many different ways. So thank you for taking time. You know, I know how busy you are and uh, this is great. It's been a great time. We'll have to do it again sometime because there's so much to talk about with you. There's just so many cool things you're doing. So I, um, I appreciate you and uh, all that you're doing and we'll, uh, We'll put some stuff up here. This show will go on to Instagram TV within about an hour, available on demand. And then I'll let you know when this show goes, the audio version on all of our platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So ah, okay. the show will continue to live on. But The uh, show goes on. The show must go on. The show <laughs> must go on. Thank you, That's my it. brother. It's well, always great I, to be with you. Thank you so much, Steve Russo, for having me back again. Take care, my friend, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Say, give Miss Miss Lori a hug, and um, we'll talk Will to you do. soon. Okay, big love. Bye, bye, everybody. Big Italian hugs to you, bro. This is U Talk Radio. 